We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as Turbukins. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Turbukins are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the September 18th, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie, the official sports book of Rotoviz Radio. I'm Blair Andrews. You can find me on Twitter at MITheRealBlair. Uh, Anthony is out this week. He'll be back with us next week, but we have a real treat for you anyway. Uh, joining us today on the show is Adam Levitan. He's an analyst for DraftKings, a writer for Fantasy Labs. Uh, you know him from almost every DFS podcast. Um, if you play fantasy football and you're not already following him on Twitter, then you're probably doing it wrong. But just in case, you can find him on Twitter at Adam Levitan. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us tonight. How's everything? Ah, good, man. I, I appreciate the introduction. Thank you. Uh, it's going well. Great. All right. Well, uh, let's just jump right into this news. Um, First item, Greg Olson suffered a broken foot in Carolina's Week 2 win over the Bills, and he's out indefinitely. Um, sounds like there's a chance maybe he'll go on IR at least and miss eight weeks at least, but he also could be out for the entire season. Nobody really knows at this point. Um, so what does this injury mean for the Panthers' offense, and do any of the other Carolina pass catchers benefit from his absence? Yeah, I think anytime you remove a red zone target like Greg Olson, other guys are going to benefit. I mean, just if you just look at red zone market shares and stuff like that, you're going to have to start giving it to other guys. And I think a candidate to probably take, you know, some more of that is Devin Funches, who perhaps I've been too high on given his talent level, but he's just out there so much. And if Cam Newton ever has, again, one of these really big games, through the air, um, I think Devin Funches will almost certainly benefit. So uh, there's some redundancy issues, you know, in the red zone. Like Greg Olson is kind of tall and, and, and that kind of receiver. And, and Calvin Benjamin is big and physical. And Devin Funches is big and physical. So removing one of them, I, I think, would um, do pretty well for, for Devin Funches. And he'll, he'll certainly remain cheap on, on TFS sites. Yeah, we did see Funches get worked in a little bit. This, uh, you know, just today, he got 
what, four catches for 68 yards, which is, um, you know, encouraging to see. Uh, it was kind of, kind of discouraging that the Panthers could only score nine points, though. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit worrying that maybe Olsen's absence might, you know, they might not be able to move the ball as well. Um, I don't know. Do you see any more carries or rather, uh, targets going to like McCaffrey or something? Yeah, I guess in theory, but I mean, you know, it's like Greg Olson was what going to get six or seven targets per game. Um, you know, if to me, it's more about Cam, like is Cam going to return to the form we saw two years ago? I think that was probably going to go down as a pretty big outlier in his career, but can he at least progress to um, a point where we can trust him, uh, you know, to, to handle bad defenses like the Bills and, and, you know, the Bills have given up. Both their starting corners. I mean, it's like uh, I, I was surprised that Cam wasn't able to play better today. So that would be a bigger concern for me with those guys than anything about Olsen's injury. Yeah. Do you think? Does it seem like Newton is still being bothered by that shoulder? Or is that just? Is it just kind of we don't know what's going on with him? Yeah, maybe. I didn't get to watch the game today. I thought um, he did certainly didn't play well in San Francisco. Um, but you know, he's always kind of sailed the ball high on guys a little bit. And I certainly mm-hmm. don't consider myself any, any kind of scout. But um, yeah, I, I think that maybe he just w- was never as good of a thrower as we saw in that year when they went to the Super Bowl. So um, yeah, you know, there's certainly a lot of concern with Cam Newton and the shoulder thing. Yeah, anytime you you have surgery and you're not, you don't participate in training camp at all. And it's only week two. There's certainly comes some concern there. So certainly something to watch. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next news item. Uh, Ravens guard Marshall Yonda is out for the season with a fractured ankle. It was just reported. Um, Yonda was pro football Focus's top rated guard in 2016. So what sort of impact do you think this will have on the Ravens offense? I guess specifically on their running game. Yeah, no, I mean, Yonda is awesome. I, I believe he was like top five in PFF for a bunch of years running. Um, I think when a team gets a really bad offensive line injury like this in the middle of the season, it's it's worse than when they know about it before the season. So, you know, like a team like the Bengals, we've seen them struggle. But I, I think, that, you know, they had a better chance than if they lost somebody uh, midway through the season. So, yeah, it's definitely a major concern for, for Baltimore. Um I think Buck Allen has massively outsnapped Terrence West today. And, and we've seen the kind of that them shift towards that kind of scheme uh, without Danny Woodhead, where they're just going to play Buck Allen and kind of that pass catching role and kind of get it out quick and let him go with some quick hitters. And maybe they can hide. There's some deficiencies along the offensive line that way. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, offensive line injuries are so hard to quantify. You know, it's, it's a similar to me with like Aaron Donald when he was out. It's like, how can you uh, from a metrics or from a data perspective quantify uh, how much you downgrade other people when defensive players or when offensive line is out, and, and it's tough. Um, I certainly look into this week who Marshall Yonda's replacement is going to be and how good he is, but quantifying that's certainly going to be hard. Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, it's definitely an injury that you think is going to make a difference, but it's really hard to say how much. Um, I guess are you, are there any players in particular that you think would see a big downgrade from this injury? I don't know. I mean, Terrence West always scares me on DraftKings on, you know, full PPR just because Terrence West is rarely going to catch passes. And then if his run game efficiency is also weakened and maybe if they go uh, more pass heavy in the red zone, that would certainly be a concern for me, too. So, yeah, I mean, Terrence West wasn't a guy who played at all today. And, and yeah, I think believe he did score a touchdown, but he's just not a guy that, that I was too interested in, in the first place. And this certainly can't help him. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, he, he did score a touchdown. I think he was out snapped by Buck Allen 43 to 16, though. So, right. It's kind of, there's no way to spin this as a good thing for Terrence West, I guess, is how to say it. Um, yeah. That's concerning. 
Um, I was already kind of down on the Baltimore offense, probably more than I should have been. I was high on their defense, and I actually thought Cleveland's defense would be a little better, too. So all of that led me to actually bet that this game would go under. And that actually did pay off. And the best thing about it was it was so easy to do with my bookie. Um, my bookie is truly my favorite sports betting website. They have in-game live betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And they have a mobile app that's really slick and just better than any other one that I've used. I can place wagers from almost anywhere with their mobile app. Uh, if you join now, my bookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Just use the promo code ROTOREPORT, that's one word, to activate the special offer. If you sign up this month with the ROTOREPORT Roto Report promo code and then forward a copy of your sign-up confirmation email to rotovizradio at gmail.com, you'll be entered into a drawing for a limited edition Rotoviz athletic pullover. Uh, so sign up for my bookie, deposit money, and then forward us your email confirmation, and we'll announce the winner on a future episode. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Now let's get into no shit, shit no. Uh, Kareem Hunt had 13 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns in week two against the Eagles. Yeah, so no shit, right? Everybody knew that Kareem Hunt was really good and RB1's Andy Reid's offense um, are going to destroy it. And, you know, I, when a guy is at home and he's a favorite, uh, especially in a place like Arrowhead where they have such a big advantage, I, I think that um, I don't want to say it's hard to fail, but it, it's just such a, a good spot. And I know the Eagles front seven is really good, but you can see when guys can make big plays like Kareem Hunt can. Um, I think that, you know, he's just going to have a big, big year all around. He was 6,800 on, on DraftKings today, which I thought was was too cheap. I think before long, he's going to be around in that 8K range just as a, a three down plus goal line back uh, for Andy Reid. And I know people were worried about Charkandrick West playing. I don't believe Charkandrick West. Uh, got a snap. He did got a touch. He did play, but I don't think he had any carries. So I, I think it's pretty clear that Kareem Hunt is the man. Jack Doyle caught eight of eight targets for 79 yards in the Colts' week two loss to the Cardinals. Yeah, shit, no. I, I, I mean, if Andrew Luck was playing, I was actually pretty excited about Jack Doyle um, when Andrew Luck was playing. Andrew Luck has such a long history of throwing to his tight end. So I guess for season long, if you think Andrew Luck's going to make it back anytime soon, I might buy into Jack Doyle, but um, with Jacoby Brissett back there, I don't think that he's going to sustain um, the type of game he had today. He caught eight of eight targets, as you said, which is obviously extremely unsustainable. So uh, Brissett's going to struggle. Whoever they put back there, if they go back to Tolzien, whatever they do, they're going to struggle. And uh, unless Luck gets back, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jack Doyle um, was in the TE1 range. LaShawn McCoy rushed for rushed 12 times for nine yards in the Bills' week two loss to the Panthers, adding six receptions for 34 yards. Yeah, I think this was a no-shit situation. Um, we know that without Sammy Watkins, without really any good wide receivers, unless you consider Zay Jones and Jordan Matthews good, um, that their teams are just going to crowd the box against LaShawn McCoy. They know what the Bills are going to do. So against a really good big front seven that the Panthers have, it was a really, really tough spot for LaShawn McCoy. He's always going to have some value, I think, because he caught six balls, as you said. But but yeah, I think it's tough um, for LaShawn McCoy in, in bad matchups. I mean, home against the Jets is going to be a spot where like everybody smashes in, right? Like It's not like that surprising. Then on the road in Carolina should be a spot where uh, a lot of guys are going to fail in, including LaShawn McCoy. So I think that, that makes a lot of sense. J.J. Nelson caught five of seven targets for 120 yards and a touchdown in the Cardinals' Week 2 win over the Colts. 
Yeah, no shit. I mean, J.J. Nelson's done this. Anytime guys have been out, whether it's been Michael Floyd or John Brown or whoever it's been over the last, you know, uh, 10 games or so, going back to last year, J.J. Nelson's produced. I know he's only 160 pounds or 170 pounds, but, man, this was a really good matchup. No Vontae Davis for, for the Colts. And J.J. Nelson can play, and he can get on top of a on top of a defense. Um, so, you know, I think Jerron Brown is more of the possession guy and JJ Nelson makes big plays. He also had a, a touchdown called back today on replay, uh, just barely stepped out of bounds. So, uh, yeah, I think JJ Nelson, as long as John Brown is out and, and who knows with what's going on with John Brown with that quad issue, it could be a while. I think JJ Nelson will be viable, uh, in the right matchups, despite Carson Palmer's woes. Rashard Higgins caught seven of 11 targets for 95 yards in the Browns week two loss to the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to have to look more at this. I didn't watch that game at all. Um, I'm not going to say I know a ton about Rashard Higgins. I know Corey Coleman broke his hand today, and Kenny Britt has kind of fallen out of favor there extremely quickly. Um, But I'm always going to be a bit skeptical of um, kind of unheralded wide receivers with rookie quarterbacks, even though Deshaun Kaiser, I think, can really play like that dude can really throw the football. Um, But yeah, I think generally speaking, that's going to be a a shit-no situation for me with with Brown's wide receivers, typically. Brandon Cooks hauled in just two of four targets for 37 yards in the Patriots' Week 2 win over the Saints. Yeah, I mean, um, I think there was maybe a reason that the Saints were willing to let go of Brandon Cooks. And, I mean, it's like when a guy is that small, so many of his touchdowns were outlier kind of stuff from uh, the Saints, kind of long long balls, and he's not going to be a red zone threat. And then I don't think he's a guy that, that Tom Brady really feels comfortable funneling volume through like he does with the slot guys. So he had Welker, he had Edelman, he had Hogan, and that's kind of who he likes to throw to. And the guys on the outside have been ignored so often going all the way back to even when they had um, guys that we thought could play out there. So, so many of these passes from Tom Brady aren't going outside the hashes. If Chris Hogan's going to be the guy in the, uh, in the middle, I think it's pretty clear that Brandon Cooks is going to be inconsistent. He'll need big plays. Larry Fitzgerald caught three of six targets for 21 yards in the Cardinals' Week 2 win over the Colts. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Shit, no. I mean, uh, I liked Larry Fitzgerald today just because all those guys were out for the Cardinals, including Jermaine Gresham, um, you know, John Brown, obviously, and David Johnson. It should have been just a target field day against the Colts for Larry Fitzgerald and for him to fail in this spot and really didn't perform that well in Week 1 either in kind of a nut spot against the Lions. I, I think it's a big, big trouble for, for Larry Fitzgerald, who's 34 years old now, and his quarterback is obviously uh, circling the drain as well. So, yeah, big concern for Larry Fitzgerald. Buck Allen rushed 14 times for 66 yards and caught five of six targets for 35 yards and a touchdown in the Ravens' Week 2 win over the Browns. Yeah, no shit. I'm I, I not going to say that I predicted that because I thought that Terrence West would get more work than he did. But I saw some beat writers predicting before the game that Buck Allen would outsnap and outtouch Terrence West. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Buck Allen, anytime, like I believe it was 2015, the end of the year, he had like a 12 catch game, five, six, seven catch games repeatedly. I mean, Joe Flacco loves to throw to his running backs. And Buck Allen is the preferred guy there right now. Really talented pass catching back. We know Doug Denny Woodhead is going to be out a while um, indefinitely. So, uh, yeah, I think Buck Allen in full PPR uh, is a really strong play. In half PPR, he's, he's still in the conversation. Dante Moncrief caught two of eight targets for 18 yards in the Colts' week two loss to the Cardinals. Yeah, no, no shit. Even with, even with um, Andrew Luck, 
uh, Dante Moncrief was really just a red zone receiver. I mean, he rarely went over 60 or 70 yards for the Colts, even with Andrew Luck. So now he gets Brissett back there or Tolzien or whatever they're going to go with. He's going to really struggle. Um, I think perhaps we overrated Dante Moncrief's talent. He's still really young, so I'm not really ready to get rid of him or give up on him. But uh, I think in the short term, all these Colts guys are really going to scare me. Russell Wilson completed 23 of 39 passes for 198 yards and a touchdown while rushing for 34 yards on 12 carries in the Seahawks' Week 2 win over the 49ers. Yeah, shit, no, for me, I thought it was a pretty good bounce-back spot for Russell Wilson coming home to face uh, a San Francisco defense who I think is is better um, against the run than, than the pass or will be this year. So, yeah, a uh, big concern for... For Russell Wilson, I mean, he's kind of had these lulls before, so I'm not going to say that it's over uh, for him. But, but man, certainly really, really frustrating. Two really good matchups, Green Bay and, and San Francisco, and he just absolutely failed in both of them. So I'm certainly not going to give up. I had him as my QB4 coming into the year uh, for season long, and, and I guess he still has a chance to finish there. But, but yeah, I mean, for the time being in, in DFS, I probably would not want to roster him until we see uh, some signs of, of turnaround. Kenny Britt caught one of two targets for two yards in the Browns' Week 2 loss to the Ravens. Yeah, no shit. We, we, we're going to have to look at the snap counts, but I believe that uh, there was a report before the game that uh, Kenny, they didn't even want to start Kenny Britt. Um, and then uh, he, he was going to start, but he wasn't going to play full snaps. So I think even before the Corey Coleman injury, he was losing snaps to Rashard Higgins. So, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to have to keep playing him because they have nobody else, and now they don't have Coleman. But, but yeah, uh, you know, they obviously wasted a ton of money. They let Pryor walk. They signed. Kenny Britt, I think the Browns have made a lot of sharp moves this offseason, but Kenny Britt was uh, not one of them. Jordan Howard rushed nine times for seven yards in the Bears' Week 2 loss to the Bucks. Yeah, I think you had to see this coming, so I'll say no shit. If you drafted uh, Jordan Howard in season one, you saw a really tough schedule um, through a lot of the Bears' season, and you also see a guy who's going to lose pass downs now. I mean, they had Benny Cunningham who got hurt, but now Tariq Cohen is showing what he can do as, as kind of a pass catching back. So, uh, you know, you have Mike Glenn at quarterback, maybe you can get a spark from, from Mitch Trubisky, but barring something happen where he gets better game scripts and is in the red zone more, it's big trouble for, for Jordan Howard. Michael Crabtree caught six of six targets for 80 yards and three touchdowns against the Jets in week two. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. I, I mean, <laughs> the contested catch rate stuff on Crabtree versus Amari Cooper just like keeps coming true every game. It's like they like to, they throw, they give Amari Cooper chances and he can't come up with the football and they give Michael Crabtree chances while he's in coverage and he comes up with the football every time. So like, I don't even blame Derek Carr when he gets towards the red zone for throwing the ball to Michael Crabtree. I don't blame the Raiders for scheming to Michael Crabtree instead of Amari Cooper. He's hands um, in tight situations are simply better. So yeah, I think um, Michael Crabtree is, is going to keep scoring touchdowns and keep being really consistent kind of in the Eric Decker mold back when Eric Decker was kind of scoring a touchdown every week for the Jets. Terrence West rushed eight times for 22 yards and a touchdown and caught two of two targets for 23 yards in the Ravens' week two win over Cleveland. Yeah, we touched on him earlier. Uh, I mean, if you're not going to play, get all the base snaps and you're certainly going to lose all the pass down snaps, then, then you have a big problem if you're Terrence West. You also have a problem in that you lost Marshall Yonda, so... Uh, I was skeptical on Terrence West uh, coming in, and I think that uh, that'll probably hold true going forward. I mean, he's not going to find a better spot than home against Cleveland, and he certainly didn't erupt today and, and got out snapped badly by Buck Allen. So, yeah, a lot of concern for, for Terrence West. 
Darren Sproles rushed 10 times for 48 yards and caught two or four passes for 30 yards in week two against the Chiefs. Yeah, I would say should know. I, I mean, uh, LeGarrette Blunt is probably going to be cut or traded or something soon. I believe he got zero snaps today or at least zero carries, and they're going to go with Corey Command, Wendell Smallwood, and Darren Sproles, and, and their best pass, um, their best offense really is just going to be to throw the football with Wentz. So Darren Sproles will probably get his looks, but you know how Sproles is. He's never going to touch the ball more than 10, 11, 12 times a game unless it's an absolute emergency. And even that is a lot, um, a lot of weeks. So to rely on a guy who's probably not going to get a lot of red zone work um, and he's only going to touch the ball seven, eight, nine times a game is pretty thin for me. So I, I would not be on Darren Sproles. Stephon Diggs caught two of six targets for 27 yards in the Vikings week two loss to the Steelers. Yeah, I'll say uh, no shit, but it, it just because of the spot that he was in. I mean, think about how hard that was that the Vikings just light the Saints on fire, which everybody is going to light the Saints on fire at home. And then a short week, you go on the road to Pittsburgh, which is a really tough spot. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was an expected fail for Steph Diggs today, especially once, especially once Case Keenum was announced as a starter and Bradford was out. But that doesn't mean that Steph Diggs can't play really well. Going forward, if Sam Bradford gets back, I think at this point that's a pretty big question. Um, Sam Bradford's twice repaired left knee, um, giving him a lot of problems. I can't even see the ACL, it sounds like, on the MRI. So we'll see on that on Steph Diggs. A really talented guy, though, and I, I hope that everything works out for, for Sam Bradford and, and Diggs can keep doing well. DeMarco Murray totaled 25 yards on nine carries while securing one of two targets for three yards Sunday in the Titans' Week 2 win over the Jaguars. I'll say shit. No, I, I was surprised by um, DeMarco Murray um, sharing so many snaps and losing so many snaps to Derrick Henry. But, I, you know, I'm kind of been a staunch guy about not drafting older players or not investing in older players. And anytime you take a running back, go 29, 30, something like that, you're, you're kind of asking for trouble. And that's especially the case when you have a really talented guy like Derrick Henry behind you. So um, I thought DeMarco Murray still had plenty left in the tank. Maybe the Titans don't agree or maybe they're just trying to keep him fresh, but he's certainly going to need bigger workloads than what he's getting um, in order to kind of sustain value. So yeah, it's kind of a, a, um, a problem area for DeMarco Murray right now, I would say. Brandon Coleman hauled in four of six targets for 82 yards and a touchdown in the Saints week two loss to the Patriots. I'll say no shit. I'm not. I'm not going to chase that. I think the Willie Seen suspension is over after week three. Uh, Brandon Coleman's kind of playing the big slot role for now while Snead is out. But Coleman has had a lot of chances before. I know he produced today, but um, he's had a lot of chances before and has not produced. So I think mainly going forward, uh, it'll begin Snead and Michael Thomas as the main targets for Drew Brees. We already kind of touched on this one, but Legarrette Blunt was held without a carry in week two against the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, just another bad signing. The, the Eagles probably should have known that LeGarrette Blunt wasn't going to succeed anywhere outside of goal line runs or really good game script runs for the Patriots. So uh, when they get him in here in, in Philly, it's just uh, it's just a tough situation for LeGarrette Blunt to succeed. Um, he's really never done much outside, I guess, that one year in Tampa Bay. He was OK. And then the years in, in New England, but everywhere else, Pittsburgh and, and now in Philly, he's really struggled. So. Uh, yeah, I think LeGarrette Blunt's an easy, an easy drop in season long. Ben Watson caught eight of eight targets for 91 yards in the Ravens' week two win over the Browns. Yeah, I'll say no shit. I mean, I would have to look into this more. I believe Nick Boyle was expected to lead Ravens' tight ends in snaps. Uh, and also, if I'm not mistaken, Ben Watson feels like he's about 40 years old or something. I don't know exactly 
how old he is. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be chasing uh, that. I think anytime you're facing the Browns or the Saints, I mean, stats are going to be so bloated that I'm not going to go completely nuts on it. If his usage was there, maybe that's another story. Um, but yeah, I think that's a no shit on or a shit no, I should say, on Ben Watson. Chris Johnson rushed 11 times for 44 yards in the Cardinals' Week 2 win over the Colts. Um, yeah, not going to be it for me. I mean, a two-down back um, who is 31 years old got cut in favor of Elijah Penny, got cut in favor of Kerwin Williams at final cuts, and, and with the Cardinals' offense kind of crumbling around Carson Palmer and, and tougher games coming up, I mean, they've had the softest part of their schedule already. I think it's a, a shit-no situation on on Chris Johnson. Delaney Walker supplied four catches for 61 yards on four targets while adding a one-yard rushing touchdown Sunday in the Titans' Week 2 win over the Jaguars. Yeah, I, I can't believe Delaney had a rushing touchdown. Um, yeah, Delaney's just good, you know, and, and Marcus Mariota obviously trusts him. I mean, a lot of Marcus Mariota's weapons are new in in Corey Davis and in Eric Decker, so guys that he trusts like Rashard Matthews and Delaney uh, I think are going to continue to produce, especially in the short term. So, yeah, I, I always like Delaney, I think, uh, I think no shit. Jalen Richard rushed six times for 58 yards and one touchdown and caught two of two targets for 51 yards in a win over the Jets in week two. Yeah, I mean, when the Jets are in town, you're going to get big leads and you're going to be able to uh, protect them pretty easily. And they were able to do that with both DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard had good games. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of an outlier situation unless there was a Marshawn Lynch injury in which Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington would split snaps. I think it's a, a shit no situation on Jalen Richard. Tariq Cohen caught eight of nine passes for 55 yards in the Bears week two loss to the Bucks, adding seven carries for 13 yards. Uh, and I guess even the biggest news here is that he outsnaps Jordan Howard. Yeah, I mean, the the Bears don't have a choice. Um, They have no receivers whatsoever. So Tariq Cohen has lined up in the backfield. He's lined up in the slot. He's lined up wide. He's gone long. He's gone short. He's run screens. Uh, He's even run wildcat. Like, they don't have a choice. The problem is he's like 5'6", 180. So how long can he sustain this? I don't know. But in the meantime, he's going to get seven, nine, ten targets a game. So, uh, yeah, I'll say it's a a no-shit thing on, on Tariq Cohen. Uh, any worries about Jordan Howard's job security or you don't think this? Nah, yeah, I mean, you can't play Tariq Cohen as a feature back. So I don't think there's worries about his job security, but usage certainly like the, the, the prime, the premium usage continues to go to Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Chris Carson rushed, rushed 20 times for 93 yards and caught one of two targets for seven yards in the Seahawks week two win over the 49ers. Yeah, I thought Thomas Rawls would be the starter and Chris Carson would mix in and the process would be on pass downs. But it turns out that it was um, Chris Carson as the feature back and Thomas Rawls um, coming in to change the pace. So Thomas Rawls coming off an injury, maybe his role will grow. But Chris Carson can play and the Seahawks aren't afraid to just flat out use guys that can play. It doesn't matter who was a higher draft pick, who makes more money, whatever. So uh, Chris Carson's good, and, and they like him a lot, and, and I think he'll be the feature back going forward. I think we'll see Eddie Lacy either uh, cut or, or trade it. I doubt they can trade him, but something like that soon. Derrick Henry cruised to 92 yards and a touchdown on 14 carries Sunday in the Titans' Week 2 win over the Jaguars. Yeah, it's so tough. You know, it's going to be really hard to project week to week to week uh, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry needs carries. He's just good. And in a game script where they get up huge on the Jaguars, it's obviously a really good one for Derrick Henry to get downhill. But but yeah, Derrick Henry um, is certainly eating into DeMarco Murray's time. And, and at this point, 
Um, you have to project weekly that it's going to be maybe 60-40 in favor of DeMarco Murray. So I'll say a, a no-shit thing on Derrick Henry. Certainly a guy I'd want to have at least on my bench in season long. All right, good stuff. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. You do a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part? Play for cold hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com whenever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using my promo code RVRADIO. That's one word, no spaces, on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play free with promo code RVRADIO. Let's finish it up with a few more regular news items. Coach Jay Gruden said after Sunday's win over the Rams that Rob Kelly may have, have a fractured rib. Um, Kelly left the game in the first half and he never returned. Samaje Pirine took over as the early down runner, even though it was Chris Thompson who ended up with two rushing touchdowns. Uh, so do you see Pirine taking over Kelly's role completely if Kelly has to miss an extended period of time? Yeah, I, I think Chris Thompson, they view as a passing back, third down back, and they don't want to extend him too far beyond that role. That, that said, um, I don't think they love Samaj Piran. He had some fumble issues, um, had some missed assignments in camp. And I mean, he's just a raw rookie. So I think that it's interesting. Um, I think their run game is going to really struggle no matter what. And maybe they just say, you know what, we'll try to run a little bit with Piran. But once we get into these games and it's not working, we're just going to go with a ton of uh, Chris Thompson and just throw the football over the field. So uh, Chris Thompson's stock is, is certainly um, trending up. Yeah, I didn't actually see this game, but I it looked like from the stats that Chris Thompson didn't actually get a lot of carries. So I don't know if his Mm -hmm. touchdowns were kind of fluky, like a lot of long runs. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember who's the other back in that Mac Brown. Is he? Yeah. Mac Brown's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any indication he might be or any thoughts about, I don't know, taking a second look at him. Yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. Um, I would have to look closer at what happened after after um, Rob Kelly left today, but yeah, I think they you know they like P. Ryan enough in the draft to get him. We'll see. Um, but I don't. I think this team's gonna be so ineffective running the ball that it doesn't really matter, anyways. Yeah, I liked P. Ryan after he was drafted to the Redskins, and it looked like he might have a shot to overtake Kelly. But I guess just um, you know, the one thing Kelly does better than P. Ryan is hold on to the football, and that's pretty important for Gruden. So I don't know. Uh, Rob Gronkowski left week two against the Saints with a groin injury. Uh, the Patriots also lost Rex Burkhead and Philip Dorsett in this game, although it's possible that any of them might have returned or all of them might have returned if the game were closer, were in such a blowout. Um, Danny Amendola was also inactive. He had a concussion. So if any of these players have to miss more time, I guess who stands to gain the most in the Patriots offense? 
Yeah, they have very. They only dressed three wide receivers today, so they were already thin. They did dress three tight ends. They had Jacob Hollister out there, who is uh, kind of a, a strict pass catcher who performed well in the preseason. Um, you know, Gronk said he's going to be fine, so I think he'll continue to be featured. But they're going to have to sign somebody, or they're going to have to do something. And I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe it's somebody off their practice squad. Maybe it's somebody they had uh, in the preseason. But yeah, I think we'll just continue to see Tom Brady kind of. Funnel targets the guy he knows. We'll see uh, James White uh, continue to do slot kind of stuff and and you know get five, six, seven, maybe more targets per game. We'll see Chris Hogan continue to to do it, and they're going to have to get Brandon Cooks more involved somehow, even if he's on the outside. So yeah, the Patriots thing is interesting. I mean, they just keep chugging along, but everybody chugs along against New Orleans. Let's see how they do going forward, and let's see who they sign. Yeah, uh, looks like Dwayne Allen only had one target in this game. Uh, do you think they try to get him more involved or? Are they just thinking of him as a, a blocker or something? Yeah, you would think that. I thought that they would play Dwayne Allen more today. Um, maybe they're not happy with what they're getting out of him, but at some point it's going to be desperation. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see them playing more 12 going forward, but I thought that going into today, so I, I really don't know. I guess if you had to, I know it's tough to do, but with the Burkhead injury, if you had to kind of handicap this running back situation, say who's going to maybe lead in targets going forward, would you think James White or is there... Oh yeah, it's got to be. I mean, they. Oh yeah, they they love James White. I mean, the Super Bowl. I I mean, they certainly trust James White a ton now. I think James White's going to be a a pretty big force going forward in full PPR. All right, good stuff. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Uh, Special thanks to our guest Adam Levitan. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Adam Levitan. Please remember to rate and review the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes, and be sure to get that thirty percent discount for subscribing to Rotoviz through the Rotoviz radio channel, rotoviz.com slash podcast. I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Report, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed, and be sure to contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could... Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.